I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Executive Edition. I am Sosaflo of the Pokey Battle Network, and I am going around the world and talking to elite trainers and content creators in the battling community. The last few weeks, we've had sylph leaders battling families, and today we have one of the top leaders of the community, top coaches of one of the elite teams here in our battling community, the manager of Stadium Elite, Miss Enhoff. How you doing tonight, Miss Enhoff? I'm doing great, Sosa. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, I'm really happy to have you on. You and I have been working a lot with analytics and shows and broadcasts and just to have you on here now so we can hear your story of how you became such this top tier analyst and battler like Absolutely so excited to have you and just can't wait to get into it with you. Yeah, very happy to uh to jump into um why why I'm here, what what all got uh between you know twenty twenty and today. The past three years feel like a, a wild ride. They have been a wild ride, girl. They have been. Um so let's kick it off. When did you start battling? Yeah, so I, I guess I just missed it, uh, misspoke. It was 2019. Um, I got back into the game right after Slack Off Community Day. So that was June of 2019, um, after a, a couple-year hiatus, uh, probably about a year and a half. And uh, I stopped playing because there wasn't a ton to do in the game. And then I moved back down to Philly um, and... Wanted a reason to exercise more. I remembered that Go was a thing. I had always enjoyed Go. And I said to myself, if I'm going to commit to this, if I'm going to play this regularly, I need to go all in. I need to get very invested in this game. And at the time, there were two things that you could do with that. You could go hardcore into raiding. Or there was this uh, thing called Sylph. Uh, Sylph.gg or the Sylph Arena that was just finishing up its first season. So luckily down in Philly, there's a a robust uh, PvP scene. 
and I wasn't ready yet, you know, just coming back to the game, mm-hmm. but um, I was taking in all the information I could. I was prepping the Pokemon, and uh, between local scene and um, if, if there's one person I can attribute my PvP journey to the most, it's Alfindial, um, or Ken, uh, who was one of the only people who streamed Pokemon Go PvP at this point in time, because remember, that's before GBL, right. before... Um, many people started streaming uh, PvP. Uh, between those two factors, I had a regular source of information. I could bounce ideas off of people. And then additionally, joining Go Stadium as just a member of the server and uh, talking ideas about the upcoming Sinister Cup uh, with people was, was the biggest boon to like the start of my PvP career. Sinister Cup was a start to a lot of people's career. Uh, Alfindo, I don't remember. I remember him doing battling, but I don't remember. I don't remember what battling he was doing. Um, he was that's a, at a couple of the megas. Portland's mega. Yeah, um, he was there. I was there with him. Um, yeah, that's right. That was that was May, but that was May twenty twenty. I was thinking about what was before then because Sylph season mm-hmm. one was was fire, right? And you had yes. the content creators was very small. It was like Zionic, Hero of Age, King. Mm-hmm. Um, but was by season Ken... two, it got a little more spicier. We saw a lot more spicier battlers coming out. Yeah, no, Ken was, uh, if I recall correctly, top 100 in self-season one. He was very oh, involved in um, kind of the hardcore side of show six pick three battling at that point in time. <laughs> Yeah, he's always been really good with the this battling scene and appreciate him. I'm glad he got you hooked on that and you joined you joined uh Go Stadium, the original remote. Oh, mm-hmm. how did that feel to do that when you got the opportunity to battle and talk to battlers from around the world? It was remarkable. It was it was truly, truly one of a kind and while the novelty of it has kind of been lost in this post uh post remote kind of existence after the pandemic hit and after uh, battles got opened up. Uh, the idea at the time was so interesting to someone who didn't have people really dedicated to play with. Um, yeah. My first Sinister Cup was an in-person. I tied for first um, on, on uh, the the Buckles. I officially got first. So um, that was fun. But my entire prep for that was using the PV Poke uh, training simulator. And... Uh, basically using custom spreadsheets that I figured out to emulate what is now the team builder. But at the time, that didn't exist. Uh, Matt right. had, you know, the the site was a lot more bare bones. He's done remarkable things in improving it. Can't shout out PV Poke enough. But at the time, um, I had, you know, Polyrath, Steelix, Alolan Marowak. Those were the three that everyone had on their team. Yeah, and then That's I sinister. Had, and then I had a Dusclops that okay. looked really good. Um, Claydol. Hold on. Before before we continue, this is pre-XL Dusclops. This is pre-XL. Pre-XL. Yeah. So this okay. was like level 40. Like you had to max it out all the way. Yeah. Um, I brought a Claydol. And then I was looking at Pokemon that could beat uh, Polyrath and Steelix. And the option that popped up on every search was Metacham. And I didn't have a Hundo Metacham. Mm-hmm. So... The sixth Pokemon I brought on my Sinister Cup team was Ferrothorn, 
And this was before the Bullet Seed buff. Yeah. So the Bullet Seed buff happened in like 2021, I want to say like... Uh, it was maybe, during the pandemic. It, yeah, maybe it, late 2020. When... I, I want to mm. say it was late 2020, but but it was... uh Before that, it was a terrible move, but it still beat Polyrath and Steelix. So it was the oh sixth God. Pokemon on my team. I didn't wind up bringing Claydol at all in the tournaments I did. Um, but then also I started on my Go Stadium lobby. So my first Go Stadium tournament was that next month in Ferocious. But I did three Sinister Cup tournaments. I went three and one, three and one, three and two. Wow. And I was, was just over the moon. Everyone was like, who's this new player? Um, who's <laughs> who's uh, bringing a funky team and, and doing so well starting out? Um, also, because of that... Uh, because of I, the fact that I brought Furothorn, I had one of the most interesting matches. I don't think it was emulated anywhere else in Sinister Cup. I had Furothorn against uh, Starmie, because one of the people at one of my locals brought a Starmie. Um, mm. Like, Hidden Power Ghost, and he thought it would be what? an interesting, interesting <laughs> fact in the Sinister Cup meta. It was not that good. <gasps> Man, teams were wilding for Sinister Cup. People were figuring so many crazy options. Well, it was still in that time, like like I said, before the PV Poke team builder. So there was a lot mm. more spice that people were bringing to these cups. Um, yeah. There was obviously rankings were live, but um, people, you know, if they thought something could, you know, make a splash, it was it was hard to double check that. Yeah, I brought I brought giraffe rig for uh, for Sinister Cup. Mm-hmm. I remember that uh, one. And then uh, I also I went tricky because uh, everybody hated power up punch because mm-hmm. it got nerfed. It got that nerf where like. Yep. You've lost energy or lost damage, and then if you lost, you swapped out, you lost the buff. the buff. Yep. Right. But everybody was bringing Marowak and Steelix, and I was like, "Well, if I'm rocking Bubble and I can just boost Bubble and turn it to Charm, that's mm-hmm. two out of the three. So like, uh, teams were wild back then. Appreciate you with PV Poke. How? When did you start helping out Matt? Then was that you that started helping out Matt? Then. I mean, I gave him feedback, especially once I was in Go Stadium, but no, I wasn't. Um, I, I have regularly, you know, tagged him, given him like a DM here and there of like, this would be something that's really cool to add. Um, but I, I can't take too much credit for uh, no. the success of the site or for uh, the features he's implemented. The legwork has all been him. And, yeah, no, not not asking about yeah. you taking the legwork credit. No one will. I will never ever <laughs> take anything away from Matt. Matt deserves everything he gets. Yeah, but just uh, asking, like, did you help there. him out? Because that was a great attribute to be able to suggest. And like, as a battler myself, like knowing that you're one of those people, like that's really cool. Like, cheers, Enhoff. Like, yo, girl, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, no, having a, a you know good relationship with Matt. One, he's an amazing person. Like, re- yeah. remove it's it's hard to do so but remove the association with with the website entirely and he's just a great guy but then also just he's so open um to feedback uh, there have been people who have been like asked me specifically like oh you know uh kakuna matata and polion dynamite whatever you want to call him uh matt um would this be something you think could be added to to pv folk and sometimes it's sometimes it's a no i mean sometimes it's you know, this is a little bit too niche, or actually you can already do this. You just have to do this kind of workaround. But some things have been tremendous, and, and just seeing the site grow over the past uh, 
few years has been remarkable as as the scene has grown as well. Yeah, yeah, he's just done so amazing for us as a utility. So, and you, you being a part of it, it's great. Um, you joined Ghost Stadium. You did your first live tournament. You're helping out PV Poke. We're getting to. You're watching Portland on the screen, mm-hmm. you know, cheering for everybody. Pandemic hits. Where where are you? Where does Anhoff's life take her? Yeah, so it was a really interesting point in time. I had not really broken out yet as like a big name. Uh, in my local scene, I was known, and that's specifically Southeast Pennsylvania, not even the Philly area. Um, I had a little bit of a name because uh, there was a very good player in the area, Joey Vov. Um, not quite on a Stark or a Valor Ash level, um, okay. because obviously you have those big names in Philly to contend with. But uh, was was a known name, and, and uh, I had like some respect with him from uh, beating him. I want to say in the Ferocious Cup. Then pandemic hits. One, that's when I. Uh, started being an admin for the Girls at PvP Discord. So, okay. um, Girls at PvP, I, well, I want to say I joined in, you know, December or January of 2019-2020. Uh, and then oh, awesome. they were looking at adding n- another admin to the team uh, in, in spring. So, one, I, I joined on as a member of the admin team, have been since... Um, had a I had a little break at one point, but realistically have have just been so in love with that community. I uh, cannot um, compliment enough the the women involved in that community. Just just really um, really keep me you know empowered to keep doing this and and help me feel like I'm I'm making a difference that I'm helping um, inspire others and and that's really huge. That's um, great. And then also. As the pandemic hit, we had our um, local mega tournament. Now, if you remember, so that was Toxic Cup. Every community was having mega online tournaments because Sylph hadn't oh, put yeah. in a rule yet. And Oh my god, yeah. The, that was the, when the nine rounders were coming out. Yup, and there were no limits to friendship on remote battles. So, um, you suddenly had the novelty that Go Stadium had in these lobbies was removed a little bit. You didn't have to work up to ultra friends. You only had to be, you know, that first stage of friendship. So Southeast PA had a remote tournament for the Toxic Cup. And um, my spicy pick that month, because, you know, I, I'm trying something different each month. For instance, in um, Ferocious, I brought Don Fan and, and did pretty well with that. In, Ooh, um, Charm or Mutt's? Uh, it was counter, counter, counter right. Um, because you had a lot of good pressure on Scum Tank, on Umbreon, on um, Alolan Ninetales, because you ran, this was before it had Body Slam, so you ran Play Rough and, and uh, Iron Head, or, or Heavy Slam, whichever it is. Um, it also had Earthquake, so you had that threat, but um, I always thought Earthquake was just a bit too slow. Um, but yeah, and so on, so... In Toxic Cup, I brought, um, because this was shortly after Lickitung got Body Slam. That was February. That was Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day, yeah. 2020. So I. Raid Day. 
Yeah, I went so hard on that raid day to get a hundo. I maxed it out. Um, best buddied it. And that was my sixth pick on my uh, Toxic Cup team. So that was a six rounder. And um, who do I face in round three of the tournament but uh, House Stark 93? Uh, dun, little, dun, dun. little known name um, of the, especially in the Philadelphia area. Um, that was my first time battling Stark. Um, mm-hmm. He was at the time 14th in the world, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he was um, high up there. And uh, I won the first battle, lost the second battle, and won the third battle. I jumped up and down, freaking out. That is the first time I ever felt good at this video game. <laughs> um, I proceeded to win that tournament 6-0, and um, and and to this day, that is probably the the biggest moment. Well, I guess at this point, the second biggest moment that I've truly felt good at uh, Pokemon Go PvP. I yeah, think Peoria now now eclipses that, but that's that's perfectly fine by me. Yeah, I was about to say. And first off, first off, this is a time when House Stark has already solidified himself as an Elite Four. So people around mm-hmm. the community know him as Elite Four House oh, Stark. Yeah. Like. It is not like, oh, this newcomer, this is Elite Four House Stark. So the name's there. So you beat an Elite Four member. Mm-hmm. Had to feel really good. I was uh, I was freaking out because it was also, so again, this was April. It was, it was March or April of 2020. There yeah. wasn't really a lot to do. This is when, you know, everyone was holed up playing Animal Crossing and, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what, what to focus on. This is why these regional, these, uh, not regionals, these mega tournaments were so big was because we just had to have something to do during the pandemic. And, you know, you could have a six rounder, seven rounder entirely remote. So for me, it's my first like big tournament. Um, not my first six rounder, but a pretty significant tournament for me get paired up with him and, and obviously start one of the nicest guys in the community. Um, Totally, totally biased as a manager, but even before then, he was someone, you know, local to me who was a really good battler. I looked up to him as, um, you know, someone to aspire to be similar to and uh, had no idea that I would cross paths with him so so closely in the future. But it it was truly, truly inspiring. And and that was the biggest push I could have ever received to, you know, feel like I could be a significant uh, member of the community, a significant battler, a, a top-tier player, all of this. Awesome. That, I mean, that's a good good excavation point right there for sure. Yeah. yeah House Stark's amazing. Great guy. I've run into him twice for the LA Mega and for Portland <laughs> Mega. And, uh, yeah, like, just great laughs all around. So that's a great, yeah. great feeling right there, especially in this time where, like, a hard pivot is coming. And to be honest, there's a big difference, and I'm sure you're aware of it, of in-person battling and remote battling. Like, oh, there's a different absolutely. feel, all sorts of stuff. So, let can I get your thoughts on that, on the difference of what you feel? If there's a big difference, what you feel might be, you don't have to say better, right? Because it's all battling. We all love battling. Mm-hmm. But your thoughts on the in-person versus not versus, but compared to remote. Yeah. So we can return also to this point in time. 
Um, because there's another thing that starts in like the start of the pandemic, and that's me creating content. Um, not streaming. Yeah. That wouldn't come for another, you know, year um year or so, but um creating content. But the difference between in person and remote, it's so um it's so hard to quantify, it's so hard to explain to people. And it's one of the biggest things that I hear from my students when I when I give uh, competitive coaching on Metify is, okay, I'm really worried about being on stream. I've never, you know, been like featured in that degree before. And it's something that, you know, myself and other streamers take for granted at times is it's a huge benefit if you get featured on stream, to have experience battling in front of others. Um, It's a huge benefit for your first regional uh, if you've had in-person self-tournaments before, even if it was, you know, two, three years ago at this point. Yeah. um, That you just know, hey, this is how you interact with someone in this setting. This is how you don't get, you know, um, all in your head about, the noises about the lights about you know having others around you because in in some ways and and some people prefer it some people don't uh remote battling can be a blessing or a curse uh you can't see your opponent's body language you can't um you know necessarily get in the zone as much for some people if you're not in an in-person setting but on the flip side you're able to prepare a lot more you're able to, you know, set the music that you like. You're able to, uh, you know, be as, like, uh, comfortable or or engaged as you want with, you know, your phone, with the battle. Um, if you want to count out loud, because some people prefer counting out loud, you can do that, which is very difficult to do in person without giving your opponent a huge advantage. Um, so there's, there's really night and day difference. And I know a lot of people who really prefer that online battle. And I know probably a larger group of, you know, the OG silfers, so to speak, even predating me, who really prefer the in-person, um, Arrow in particular will always prefer that in-person when he can see his opponent in front of him. Because that's where, you know, he grew to love PVP. That's, you know, how he likes to play PVP. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's that kind of extra layer of, of, um, you know, experience that he really enjoys and, and many, you know, long time battlers do enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I'm biased cause I'm one of those old time, long time mm-hmm. battlers that I just, it's, I, I understand like as remote, you get the, do some more prep, a little more in depth prep. Yeah. But it's Definitely. not in the fire. Like, it is not – there's been so many issues with remote. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I've never seen this many issues in a in a main tournament, in an in-person tournament with, like, the lag or anything like that. Like, it – I know I'm just talking crazy because I'm sure there has been. <laughs> I know. No. I know. I'm like, I, I'm like, San Diego was amazing. Like, there were no issues. But other people had issues. Like someone I think like was just like lagging every every matchup for an hour straight. It's like that's mm-hmm. awful. Um, but yeah, no, I, I prefer the in person. Uh the I'm one of those I I need to be in that environment. That environment's where I'm gonna thrive as a battler, where I'm gonna really just be able to focus, get my tournament done, and then 
never have to think about this meta ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's it's different. It's different. It yeah, it is. It is. Um, so you're starting to build up a lot of admins going onto this. <laughs> um, how many have we had right now? You become admin on Girls at PvP. You mm-hmm. become an admin for. Uh, that was, I mean, I was a mod in, in Alfindiel's uh, stream and Discord at the time. And that's that's been a huge uh, community for me, mm-hmm. even, you know, even to this day. Uh, Alfindiel's community has been like my first and uh, and kind of returning home uh, nice. within this, this greater Pokemon Go community. He's always been, um, you know, really great to talk to really great to be involved with um his streams are, are comfortable and all that um but yeah no girls at pvp were was really my my big uh foothold in the community at this point in time i was not on staff with go stadium yet right. um, so that was really it i was starting to create content so right the um, content was coming was my next one is that you the content there going on and what was your content based around yeah, so um, for those who have been in the community for a long time, or who know know of my work for a long time, uh, I started creating uh, what I can only describe as uh, really rudimentary infographics that I called Core Breakers. Now, Core Breakers was a very simple concept. Um, it posited two Pokemon that I expected to be very prominent in the meta and make up a core. Uh, so, for instance, you would see a Swampert Skarmory as a core in a certain cup. Uh, in Forest Cup, you saw a lot of Blaziken and Ferrothorn, because this was after the Bullet Seed buff. And um, Blaziken would uh, beat... I think the only other big fighter was, like, Breloom. And... Uh, Ferrothorn and, and it would beat uh, Galvantula, if I recall correctly. And Ferrothorn would beat Quagsire, which was a big threat to Blaziken. Um, it would beat Kingdra, which was another big threat to Blaziken. And, and basically, these two were just a really strong uh, meta pair. Now, um, the point of the graphics were, okay, these are two Pokemon that you're going to see a lot and will be cored together. What Pokemon uh, beats both of them in the one field? Uh, very, very straightforward, you know, basic one shields with baits. Um, what what we like to call is like the most simple shield scenarios. It's what most of uh, coverage on meta uh, analysis tends to be. And so, for instance, in that Forest Cup, um, one of the core breakers was Air Slash Vespaquin. And that didn't show up on PV Poke. Because on PV Poke, its default moveset was uh, Fury Cutter. It wasn't right. uh, Air Slash. So uh, that was like the first big, like, oh, this is an interesting, you know, uh, niche tech in a meta. And here's why. Here's what it beats. And I used it in, I believe, all of my Forest Cups that month, despite it being, you know, something like 70th on PV Poke due to it having the wrong fast move for what you know i wanted it to do mm-hmm. so um from there i actually started um getting noticed as you know this this meta analyst this creator um because 
realistically at the time there wasn't a ton it was like ghost stadium um would have articles jre would have his articles um as well um ghost stadium would sometimes have you know a graphic i want to say game press was making meta graphics at that point in time as well for the self metas um with you know those those diagrams as well and then pvp steve obviously has always been yeah huge with that but uh yeah, a couple months later, I want to say, like, probably in August or so, uh, I got contacted first by Sylph, and I actually got ghosted by Sylph. This isn't trying to bring up, like, bad blood. I have no ill will towards Sylph, um, but, like, started talking, and then uh, Ghost Stadium reached out to me. Okay. And um, Polymer's up who's no longer with Ghost Stadium, but very longtime friend and, and mentor, um, reached out about potentially joining that team. And obviously at the time I had been uh, in the lobbies for a while. I was up to uh, Ranger class, so you know how they have their tiered lobbies as well. Damn, you got to Ranger? Well, I made it all the way up to God tier. That's where my Twitter handle, Goddess Enhoff, comes from. Girl, um, that's I, where it comes from? Yeah, I was the only the only female battler in the god tier of Ghost Stadium, uh, both god. when it was formed and until I stopped, you know, playing uh, in that tiered system. That that's, that's where awesome. Goddess Enhoff originates. Ah, oh, well, we'll get to there soon. But yeah, so that was I want to say August or so of 2020. Um, I joined. I formally joined Ghost Stadium staff team as a meta analyst. Um, initially at, for those core breaker graphics, which at this point have been deprecated, um, or, or I'm just no longer creating it's, it's multiple reasons for that. But, um, for whatever reason, I, I've focused on other things and, and we can get to what some of those other things are, um, throughout this interview. Sweet. So you're helping out Ghost Stadium now. You're doing, there's too many megas going on. How many, so <clears throat> I got to ask you because you're a battler. Mm-hmm. How many uh, groups did you get into and what was the max amount of tournaments did you sign yourself up for where you're like, too much, that was, I'm out during, that, during this time? Because right away, everybody went gung-ho on, on doing tournaments. Did you do that? Or sorry, I... Assuming no, you're did, you're right. absolutely right. So the the mainstays, the main things that I continued to compete in are uh, Bucksmont, which was my local group. So that was okay. Um, Southeast Pennsylvania. Um, so that's one. Uh, Girls at PvP had its own lobby system similar to Go Stadiums. So that was another. Uh, Go Stadium itself. So that was three. Um, there was wow. a, or there still is. A LGBT PvP group um, that I would compete at the time in on a monthly basis. That was four, and then I would join additional tournaments, you know, as seen fit. I want to say my most in a month that I did was probably Voyager Cup. I did one, two, three, four, five. No, I did more than that. You did more than that. I think it's like seven. Sorceress. Okay, yeah, Sorceress. I did seven tournaments during the Sorceress Cup. Uh, I never, I never was one to hit like double digits. I know people who have done that, um, 
what is it? Warrior J Mac was actually a local of mine in the Philly area. I think oh, really? he's the guy who hits like three thousand tournaments. I, yeah, I yeah. never was that intense, but I hit six or seven uh, a few of those months before I said, "Hey, this is way too much, especially scheduling." Um, I need to tone it back a bit. Yeah, uh, Warrior J Mac has already finished his finished his forty in like the first day of uh, Ember yep. Cup, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, no, you're. Uh, yeah, I was looking at your season two because that's when the pandemic hit, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Let's see." And you went hard on Toxic Cup, which I was yep. surprised because you were like, "I did really good," and then you did your regionals, your another Adventure Cup, because that was when they extended Toxic Cup. You're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, keep going, Toxic Cup." You're like, "I'll jump in," and you like whooped. Um, but yeah, those were you definitely. Sort of, that was your goes hard season four, season two for sure. Yeah, it was a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, as a battler, seemed like it. It seemed like everybody was just out there having fun because you could just battle whenever. It wasn't as neat as it is today. It was still a little spread out and wide. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was it was a lot of like figuring out um, who was who to battle and where and and you know, especially for someone who was still not super you know prominent in the community and and super you know. I hadn't been playing Sylph Season 1, for instance, so I didn't know, you know, a ton of the places to find these tournaments if I did want to do additional ones. Um, I was never going to be, you know, a um, legend or elite in Sylph where you had to grind these six or seven round tournaments, like do six of them each month. Um, The kind of things we see people like Dune or like Rise to occasion. or, you know, the the recent world champion, Vroom Vroom Pal, um, be able to do these, these like, intense grinding of tournaments, which now, through the wave system, I understand, is no longer required. But um, at the time, you know, I was finishing, like, in a respectable range, something like Elite, but uh, I, I wasn't hitting, you know, this, this like, top 50 or whatever uh, range that some were capable of. No, and that's fine because oh, yeah. I mean a lot of us can't even hit ace still. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you you coming in top fifty seven in the world come season three uh, after being ninety. You know you're climbing still. You get elite both tier season two and season mm-hmm. three. You chill out on season four. When yeah. um when do you start getting out there and start analyzing? Like yeah. putting your face out there and analyzing. Yeah, so um yeah, and Sylph obviously tapered off in terms of how much I was uh getting involved, but um my first uh stream appearance I wanna say was late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. Uh somewhere in that range. I was a guest it was late 2020, and I was a guest on Jiggly Dad's stream back when uh, he was very uh, active as a streamer, mm-hmm. um, and he would host, you know, these these interviews, and it was shortly after the Go Beyond update was pushed. Now, that was one of the first things that I was able to work on as a staff member of Go Stadium that was under NDA, so... We received the information about the Go Beyond update um, uh, about a day before it went live. And I wrote up 
this like 10 page uh, piece uh, about why it was a problem, what it would do to PVP. Um, obviously all uh, futile in, in scope, but, but offering some solutions of like, Hey, you should make this more accessible. Um, yeah. And I was like, uh, Hey, I know some people here are able to like pass things along tonight. To, can you, can you make this hard? Um, so I was very vocal about how much I disliked it. I was not streaming at the time, so it was entirely in, in Twitch chats and in discords. And Jiggly Dad said, hey, I, I see that you're really passionate about this. Would you like to come talk about it on uh, my stream? So I did. And that was the first time that my, my face was broadcast on, on Twitch.tv. Um, was a very, very passionate... Uh, <laughs> interview i had a lot of uh intense feelings on the subject i still do on you know what xl does to the pvp scene but uh that was my first time and then i started streaming in uh march of 2021 i'm actually coming up on my two-year anniversary of my my channel being active on twitch and that's when, when i've started becoming you know prominent in terms of having my face and name out there, um, you know, together. And, you know, it's, it's been a wonderful ride since. Uh, I could not ask for a greater, you know, local or, or centralized community around my stream. And, uh, you know, the, the Pokemon Go PvP community as a whole, you know, obviously it's easy to focus on some some rough rough people here and there. But, but as a whole, I, I could not ask for a better gaming community. Excellent. Seems like you got yourself a lovely home here. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, as as your whatever family cousin I am over here, love mm-hmm. you for it, yo. Uh, been happy to watch your and uh, read your analysis early on in your core breakers because mm-hmm. as a spice player, I love seeing that, and I'm like, okay, I can work with that. And then also mm-hmm. when I see it being played against me, I can be like, I know your game plan, guy. Like if you think I didn't know, if you think you're gonna throw some spice at me, like I'm ready for it. Um, and it was so early on too. We didn't have all of these amounts of battles and, you know, information that we have today where people have only had a maximum of like a thousand battles. Nowadays, everybody's hitting their like 10,000 wins in great league. No, that's actually a huge point. Um, in, in early self, basically everything before go battle league released so much of it was the information game Mm -hmm. and you, you don't really see that as much today. People have their reps. People know, you know, how much damage certain moves do. They know, um, you know, what to expect from certain Pokemon. It's one of the things that allows Spice to still be viable is people not knowing, you know, for instance, and, and I'm sure we'll get to this, uh, how much damage Tapu Fini's Surf does as opposed to, you know, a different Pokemon. Or not knowing, you know, what uh, what should I expect from a Primeape or a Kofagrigus? Um, yeah, because you're you're cutting dry Pokemon, and I don't mean to to flex through saying that, but it is a benefit that Spice gives because you're cutting dry Pokemon. Everyone has their Noctowl counts memorized now. Everyone yep. knows their Metacham counts. Um, everyone knows their Galarian Stunfist counts, and they know roughly how much damage an Earthquake or a Rock Slide does, and and so on because it's it's Pokemon that everyone has had reps with, and everyone's studying with PV Poke or whatever tool at this point. 
And the information gap that you kind of had in early self just doesn't exist to the same degree. Yeah. It's kind of why I thrived as a battler because I was doing all sorts of information gaps. I was trying to find everything. So Mm -hmm. it's been really hard to adjust, like learning the counts and stuff like that. Cause everybody, everybody knows them now. And especially when it comes down to like these new small cups, like little cup and Hoenn cup and whatever, like Mm -hmm. they, if it's a Pokemon that like has been in the battling scene in the last four years, I'm pretty sure the battler knows the counts, knows how to make the throw. You're like, it's a whole Mm -hmm. other game now. Um, That's why I love the in-person so much uh, um, in a way is that you have to know your stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to be there to know your stuff. Uh, We're like, when you're at home, you you can just know your stuff and it's just casual. You know, whatever. Yo, you're kicking up. You got your TV. You've got whatever distraction you want. You can look at the simulation that you've just typed up or whatever. Not saying everybody does that. Just saying Mm. that. No, it's an option and there's definitely people that do it. uh, Even in life, I've seen some people pull it up in a live tournament too. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) That's not okay. Because uh, your opponent isn't doing that. Like, your opponent's not, like, jamming through uh, PV Poke. Um, but, yeah. Um, how do we get onto uh, the information game? The Spice, oh, because you did the early core breakers, and we're going through. You're talking about how great your communities were and put your name out there in the stream. That's right, because it was your first mm-hmm. time talking about your streaming days and your go battle days and it seemed like you had a little bit of a hiccup but you you powered through a lot of stuff it sounded like and uh with a strong community behind you yeah definitely so you know at first uh so yeah it's it's march of 2021 uh kind of when i start streaming seriously and basically it's a one-to-one overlap of my community and alfindiel's community uh despite a very different time of day that i'm streaming um, and a, a very different vibe, um, similar vibes. We, we've always both been very relaxed, but, um, there's, you know, differences. I'm a lot more, uh, hardcore of a battler. Um, even if I, you know, seem aloof at times on stream, I'm, I'm usually, uh, paying a bit, uh, more attention. And then, and then the biggest thing is just time of day. So, uh, you know, very consistent and, uh, and uh, reliable growth when I was playing explicitly GBL. Um, so, so streaming and, and creating content and, and balancing, you know, uh, go PVP versus you know other games. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm experiencing that right now with with trying to balance uh, VGC as well. Obviously, takes a, a tank in terms of uh, viewership and engagement, but that's you know, that's fine. That's, that's something that comes with, with creating content. Um, and, and then at the time trying to balance things like doing self content on stream and doing explicitly, uh, go battle league was a balance as well. Doing things like viewer battles. Um, it doesn't get the numbers and it's, you know, uh, a cynical thing. It's, it's a weird, uh, experience getting very like metric focused um and it's something that i luckily don't really worry about anymore because i've hit partner uh but you know for a time when you're growing as a creator when you're starting to look at your partner push and and that sort of thing 
um, you you notice how much uh, Go Battle League has really like grown uh, the scene. Yeah, how much it's it's what a lot of people are just here for. Um, and then on the other side of that, you know how much people just want to see the battles, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine um, for a viewer to have their preference. And you know, it it certainly makes it good when you are um, recognized as a strong battler in the scene uh, for the, for that kind of uh, you know growth for that kind of uh, publicity being seen as you know uh, a top battler and then additionally as uh, we started out then um, an analyst as well so uh, a few months after starting streaming uh, this guy named Sosa Flow reached out to me you might know him was it only a few months. No, I, I had I you was, on. Didn't you come on for the tournament? It was Indigo League, I believe, was the first. When when was that? Yeah, the, the, the tournament was Indigo League. So we did Indigo League and it was the... It was like the... I don't remember. It was like the tournament rundown and I had... I needed somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, DeFi was like, yo, hit up my girl Enhoff. I was like... I you know I saw you actually saw you on that um that chat with Jiggly Dad mm-hmm. about being a you know the you know not liking what the system does all that stuff mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you the XL system definitely ruined what we had as PVPers like mm-hmm. yeah I get it now but you've you've brought out these Pokemon post this so you mm-hmm. could have adjusted them before the XL system came out anyways. Um, I agree with you on that. So I saw you. I was like, oh, perfect. So I reached out to you. Um, and I was like, you know, an analyst, wonderful battler. Let's get her on. And you jumped on immediately. And I was like, just just when you got on, the analysis that you gave and the breakdowns and everything like that, I was like, yes, she's awesome. Hmm. You're killing it. Yeah. So that's actually something that um... – is is really interesting the the kind of like breakaway analyst it's been interesting watching um with the play pokemon streams for vgc they have that they um i think for tcg as well but they'll like cut away to an analyst after the battles it'd be interesting if they ever you know explore that for go but that was what it was what you had and, and what you tend to have as well for a lot of your streams is you know your live casters mm-hmm. and then your breakdown um, so at that, at that point in time, it was solely that breakdown kind of, um, role, which was, you know, still to me, something I very much enjoy doing and, uh, really appreciate you having, uh, asked me to, to join for that. No, I was so grateful when you said you'd join and all that stuff. And then I realized that you were on Go Stadium and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't realize it until after that I had you on that you were Go Stadium. Cause I did a little more research mm-hmm. <laughs> on who people <laughs> who people were i was like okay i guess i had to do more research on people uh but yeah i was like sweet it's just been wonderful to have you it was wonderful to have you on and you're always there for the indigo league how was your experience on the indigo league and doing the friday night fights yeah i mean it's it's always been great casting in general whether it's on the analyst desk whether it's live casting i've i've always enjoyed that aspect and and uh, I, I tend to, you know, agree to 
a lot more than than I maybe should in terms of like time commitment, but I really do love it. Um, yeah. And I I think Indigo League was was really great. It was also phenomenal because I got to uh, be involved with DeFi as well, um, who is one of my longest you know friendships in the community. Her and I, um, you know, to this day, um, seeing each other for the first time in person at NAIC after you know multiple years of knowing each other online um and then still now we're, we're doing um casting coaching that we do in the girls at pvp server um it's just been really great so indigo league nice. was, was great with that friday night fights similar like just has always been really great to be involved with other people who are passionate about the game and covering you know battles in a way that that really, you know, highlights and, and brings out the best in them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what the whole thing was. And was happy to have the top tier analysis that you had. And I would, I was kind of thinking that maybe this was like your first way to get with the, uh, elite stadium guys, but you're already go stadium. Uh, so well, after Indigo league, you kind of made a big old sign in this big old sign in happened. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting uh, because at that point in time, so sta- Stadium Elite um, and and then being Elite Four has had an interesting dynamic with Go Stadium over the years. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a time when they weren't really like super uh, supported by Go Stadium, um, and at that point in time, like I knew obviously Stark, he was local. Um, I knew Toshi, I knew of Toshi and Arrow and, and Valor Ash. Um, I think I'd seen, uh, Valor Ash at, at a tournament in Philly at one point. Um, but I didn't know them super well, uh, at, at all, really. I was a member of stadium staff, but it wasn't like we were regularly, uh, chatting. Stark was involved on, uh, the voting for the cliffhanger format. So I had some interactions with him there. Um, but then he reached out to me in uh late 2021 okay. and said that they were interested in, in having someone on as a manager for the team and would I be interested in like filling that role and for me it was very surreal because again um as as we as we've talked about I was uh someone who looked out uh, looked up to Stark mm-hmm. over the years I he was my you know the the big local in a small pond, so to speak. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, still to this day, one of, if not the best, uh, battler in the world, like, uh, in terms of consistency, in terms of, you know, performing at the highest level. Um, I know that that kind of title has been talked about recently, and I, I wouldn't ascribe it to any battler in, in particular, but uh, if that conversation were to be had, he's in that conversation, so to speak. Ah, yeah, he is um, absolutely so in that conversation. This is this was like, I mean, frankly, I was I was starstruck, um, which is really weird to say at this point because just last week, like, I'm just hanging out with Stark and like, you know, and the team as a whole, and you know, going to Orlando and and having a great time. But um, at the time, it was like, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and it's been a delight getting to know all of them better, um, focusing through the rebrand because Elite Four is a great title. Um, 
doesn't really hold up that great in like the larger Pokemon thing uh scene because it is, you know, an explicit reference to like the games. Um and then obviously uh trying to focus more on the relationship with Stadium. All these led to Stadium Elite, uh which we have today. The jerseys which I helped design uh felt really great to be involved with and then um, things like, you know, expanding the team to have two factions within the team, uh, multiple, multiple really exciting steps. Um, and, and it's been a delight to work with all of the members of the team throughout it. The rebranding is definitely something that needed to happen as a Pokemon battle and stuff like that. Like at one point we're all going to be mad at whoever was the title of elite four, whether it is the gentleman that have it now or had it then like, or anybody else, there are always going to be conflict. So creating, Mm -hmm. getting it off as an elite and then opening up and opening up to bigger, better battle, like not bigger and better, but like more and more battlers becoming bigger. Such a great idea there. Well, it was also, if, if uh, people can remember, this was shortly into like, season i want to say the beginning of season two of factions was when the rebrand happened and yeah that's um that's when we were regularly getting the elite 11 comments so uh as the team grew you know elite four is uh toshi stark arrow and and valorash but uh at this point we'd be something like elite 23 or, or something in that range and 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 the jokes you know not that they were ever, like, bothersome, like, everyone kind of shrugged them off, but it it was pointing out that it didn't really make sense. Uh, it yeah. made sense when there were four of them, did not make sense when there were, uh, you know, 10 and 12 and so on. So, uh, that as well, you know, made a lot of sense, and I'm really happy with the rebrand personally. Um, I think it combines elements of both uh, that's just really positive. Yeah, great. It's a lovely revamp, and we're so happy to have Stadium Elite in Emerald uh, for factions. And I mean, the team still seems to be still be intact. So you're doing a great job keeping them up, Coach. What do you tell your team members before a cycle begins? Before a cycle begins, so I mean, regularly, and this has been my belief of the team every time, every cycle, every bout. Um, that we're the best in the world. And, I mean, you ask any factions manager, they're going to say that their faction is the best in the world. But I yeah. I do, um, you know, have that confidence in every member of our team. If they're, you know, firing on all cylinders, they're on the best team for a reason. And they have earned that spot as just an exceptional battler. Um, I could not ask for a better group of players to to manage and to play alongside as well. Um, so, so the regular thing is, this team is the best in the world. Uh, let's, you know, show that uh, in particular. Um, and and you know, it's it's not like we're gonna win every cycle, but. We're regularly at the top. I don't think any team in North America has had the consistency at the top, you know, top three, so to speak, that we have. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really a point of pride for myself. It's really a point of pride for the team. Um, You know, regardless of of where we wind up, 
in a week, in an individual battle, um, wherever it is, the the team just is remarkably persistent, is remarkably like uh, strong. Obviously, people wax and wane in their like love with the game and and so on and and we have you know the roster to to support that you've seen you know other factions um the the big easy one to point to is is marylanders which nothing but love for the people who were on marylanders obviously pocket is a very good friend of mine mm-hmm. brady's on the team uh of, of stadium elite and and shunned is as well huntress also a very good friend of mine but you see teams like uh marylanders which uh disintegrated or, or broke or, or whatever you want to call it, d- dissolved as a faction. Dissolved. Um, because they just didn't have players to play week to week. They were, they were working with a seven person roster. Um, and, and the strength of our team and the depth of the roster as well has always been an additional um, highlight, which is really nice to have. Yeah. With additions like party Marty. Mm-hmm. Um, Rise. Well, rise to the occasion and i was gonna say who else did you just snag from people <laughs> i was like you guys just were like phone calling out to everybody like hey the elite's looking for players you in awesome hey we just saw you at play pokemon you want in awesome yeah um, that's super been a super interesting journey uh marty for instance was a local of mine here in boston before uh he moved out to california for um his his um I forget the word, but for, for, for practicing medicine. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, he's always been a very close friend. Um, and, and having him join on the team has been, you know, delightful as well. And, and rise as well, just a really delightful guy to, to be able to meet at these in-person tournaments. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's one thing that I've been really thankful. Not that there's, you know, a ton of people in the community who are great battlers who aren't great people, but that everyone on our team, uh, I get to think of as both great battlers and great people is, is really important to me personally. That's wonderful. Seems like you got some good teams going on in your faction cycles. So good luck to you guys out there when you're hitting that Emerald. Um, yeah. And then, and then, uh, silver, the silver faction has mm-hmm. been delightful to have, to see, you know, obviously there's been some critiques of, uh, you know, running over open and now iron as well, but it's, it's the process. That's that the process. Yeah. yeah the process <laughs> that still has for factions. Um, we're not, you know, trying to brag about our success. Like we, right. we recognize that, um, this is par for the course for, uh, a faction of this caliber in uh, these tiers, but. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um it's nothing to be like, you know, putting down teams that are, you know firmly in open tier or iron tier and and that's fine you know there's there's people who just play factions and just want to do that or or you know are at that level trying their best but are at that level and that's perfectly fine and valid yeah Um, like but it's been great to get to know those players as well in the greater uh stadium elite team and then also seeing that uh that faction has succeeded so well i think we just clinched uh, our double promotion from iron up to uh, what is that? Bronze, silver. I think we we go to copper and then bronze. Is there a copper? I thought there was iron. I thought I it was iron, bronze, tier. silver. I'm pretty sure there's a copper tier. Oh, okay. But yeah, I haven't, we, we just I haven't been a part of that lower level and oh, <laughs> heading back there real quickly though. Don't you worry. <laughs> But yeah, it's been uh, it's been remarkable, and and it's something that I very much hold in in high regard in my involvement in the community and my involvement in uh, battling as a whole, and uh, just knowing extremely good battlers uh, both to scrim against, and I could not have done as well as I have um, in tournaments both both before and and Peoria itself, um, if not for the help of this team. Uh, it's been, you know, they've always been in my corner and uh, just every single one of them have been pivotal in, in my growth and also um, in supporting me. That's great. There is a copper tier, you're right. So you'll jump from iron to bronze. Right, right. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad your team's supporting you and all that. Were they? Let's get into it because... Here comes the big one, the where the support really comes from. Were they supporting you when you went out for NAIC last year <laughs> and played Pokemon? Were they yeah. behind your back the whole way? Yeah. Well, so, so tell us about your play Pokemon journey, Miss Enhoff. Yeah, so 
Well, NAIC was a bloodbath because <laughs> that was so that was before that was before um, we had the silver faction. So mm-hmm. it was just the you know eleven or so members of uh, Stadium Elite uh, Emerald or or whatever you want to call the original Stadium Elite team, right? Um, and we were all registered for NAIC. It was the first uh, tournament that most of us were doing. Uh, Rise was not yet on the team, but Rise had won uh, Milwaukee. Uh, Pranav had made a really good run in Milwaukee, uh, but had not made it. Uh-huh. And so we were all, uh, you know, involved. We had uh, quite a bit of bloodbath. Uh, so I believe round one, Toshi and uh, Valor Ash were paired. Oh yeah, I saw that, and I was first... like, what? I think that was the first streamed battle of the tournament. Uh, I was paired with Pranav round two, and I knocked him out of the tournament. Uh, he will never forgive me for that. Uh, I want to say Jengles paired with uh, Toshi early on as well. There was just a lot of, of infighting. And ultimately, uh, at the end of the first day, none of us had made you know the top cut, um, which... I mean, at the time, was pretty, pretty, like, heavy. Looking back, that tournament was stacked. Yeah. Um, it was so many people's first tournament. Um, you know, obviously, I am would have preferred to do better, personally, at it. And, and I know everyone on the team would have. But realistically, that's probably, um, if not the hardest tournament that i've been in uh top three for for regional type tournaments um baltimore was up there as well um toronto probably would have been up there as well but i wasn't really taking toronto that seriously because i already qualified yeah um the the last chance qualifier in london was also like super intense but but naic was ridiculous in terms of like how cutthroat it was and you know the team was there for each other but um the team was also knocking each other out a good chunk so uh yeah i they always do that they in san diego they had swablus fighting against each other in the same bracket yep i was like what is going on there's like eight swablus in the bracket in the first round the captains were fighting against each other oh Mm -hmm. oh, goodness but yeah yeah so the next step in the play Pokemon journey was I was going to Worlds. But before that, I was reached out to Uh-oh. by the head editor for Pokemon.com, um, who had recognized both that I had analyst experience, that I had solid play experience, um, co- other content creation, and then most notably writing experience. Um, which I can completely attribute to Go Stadium uh, because I've done so much writing there on article work. Right. Uh, so he asked me if I would be willing to write a piece about the World Championships upcoming in London. And uh, of course, yes, was my response. Um, 110% yes, uh, would love to do that. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. I, I wrote um, probably the piece I've been most proud of um, in terms of uh, writing uh, in in my like analyst career, 
uh, for the lead up to Worlds, I would consider it even stronger than my recap of Worlds, just because it it went into a lot more detail of like why people were bringing certain things and I read that and one. So on. Yeah, no, and, I read uh, I read that one where you broke down Pokemon. It had a real good old school game hub vibe. Mm-hmm. Where game vibe was like, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember those. I'm sure you do. Where you saw the mm. rock, they like broke down the what the rock paper scissor was. Well, like rock yep. was like water types in this type. So like these were the Pokemon you wanted to look at. It had a real good vibe. Like you broke down why the Re- Registeel and the Walrin were needed. I loved it. I thought that mm-hmm. article was great. Yeah, so that was delightful and and was was an honor and 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 really great to be recognized by you know the company itself, Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, did you frame I it? A little, a little did NDA you... that had Pikachu on it. I don't know if that's a breach of NDA to say that. Oh. Did <laughs> you print? Did you? Did you print it and like post it on your wall? Be like a not fishing? the NDA, but the article itself. Um, I actually haven't posted it yet, but I saved a PDF of the web page when it was on the front page of Pokemon.com. Gotta print it. And Gotta print I, it. Yeah, I plan to print it out and frame it. Yeah, uh, and then the article itself. Because, yeah, it's, that was, you know, I was freaking out. I was, and not being able to tell anyone. Um, yeah. I had a similar experience uh, with, with DeFi and, and her casting was, um, once it was announced, she was like, I was so, like, I wanted to tell you so bad. And I'm like, I understand. Um, and, then, like, and then I'm writing, girl, like, I understand. Were you, like, giving her winks through the phone? Be like, girl, I get you oh wink, no i did wink. not know at that point in time but, but oh, then okay. later i was like hey i just had the same thing that you had um but it's it's the best secret to have because it's it's so such an honor and yeah. and still is and and then going to worlds coming in sixth in the last chance qualifier was a real bummer because i thought that they would cascade down invites and mm-hmm. they did not um, so I, I really thought after that performance that I could be playing in Worlds, uh, and then I wasn't. And oh. that was still fine. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. I really enjoyed the people I was at the World Championships with. Um, some people I was meeting for the first time in person, and that was wonderful. Um, and then obviously writing for uh, the recap of Worlds was also uh, just really, really surreal. And, and obviously for... Those and other reasons, I'm so excited for Worlds this year as well. <laughs> I'm so excited for you for Worlds for this year. Like, I'm glad you got to go and spectate because that was it was wonderful for London. But the fact that now you get to get into it, you had to you had to go up, go up against your finals against uh, somebody who you just praised about an hour ago. Like seven mm-hmm. minutes into this me- this conversation we've had, you were already talking about how amazing Hot Pocket is. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, so after Worlds, uh, Baltimore was, like, not even a month later. Did you do uh, Baltimore? What? Did you do Baltimore, too? Yes, yeah, so, uh, oh. I mean, obviously my teammates stole the show in Baltimore with uh, Stark and Elam uh, yeah. coming first and second, but no, I had a really good showing in Baltimore. I went five and two, uh... I had Dugong and Shadow Jumpluff were my like stand-ins for Wolverine and Trevenant. Um, oh. and, and this is was, pre pre Fairywind, right? No, this was after Fairywind was added. So it was Dude, just oh, okay. So Jumpluff could play. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, that was at that point in time probably my best match that I played was about uh, against uh, Cindy or 
uh, greenish backwards, whatever you want to call her, um, was my round like four or five opponent. And it was right at the end of stream and, and they were trying to get, you know, the two of us on stream featured, um, but they, they ran out of time. It was like 5 PM. Um, and it was, it was just like amazing because I've always really looked up to Cindy as well. Um, as a leader, you know, uh, a woman battler in the community and, and a leader, um, and, and huge, um, you know, like face of the community in, in that aspect. And, uh, was a really interesting time, uh, because, you know, we both have kind of like our ace Pokemon, so to speak. I have Tapu Fini, um, she has the Shadow Kanto Ninetales. Um, we mm-hmm. did wind up getting that matchup at one point, which was really good for me, because, yeah. uh, Tapu Fini obviously, uh, wins that matchup, but, uh, ultimately, I won 2-1, but it, w- it was one of the closest matches I've played of a best of three, um, to this day. It was it was remarkable. That's great. Um, but ultimately, I was knocked out in Baltimore. I got to you know watch Stark win it all, so uh, no complaints at all. And then um, was debating Peoria for the longest time. Um, I wasn't uh, you know headed up to Toronto for Key&D, so um, I knew that it was going to be a a more limited tournament, um, and I knew that. This kid named uh, Hot Pocket Seven 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 was going if his mom would let him. Uh, if he if he got good enough grades on on a test, and I said, well, you know, of who I know is going, and and, and plenty of good battlers wound up going. Like I don't, I don't mean to diminish those who were there, yeah. But of the people that I knew at the time that were going, Pocket was the biggest competition I could think of. Thanks, mom. And, uh, I know, no. I, <laughs> Pocket um, and his mom, both wonderful, wonderful members of the community, delightful people. Um, and uh, ultimately, I, I guess he got the grades or, or whatever it was that, that let him go to Peoria. Um, I figured out the most backwards way of getting there. I flew into um, to Chicago and then uh-huh. had to take a bus for four hours from Chicago to Peoria. Good it was Lord. terrible. But uh, right Sound before... like a 1980s John Candy movie. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, I was watching tumbleweeds go by. Um, and, uh, I flew in a day early. I flew in on Thursday and paid for an extra night in the hotel and all that. Cause I said, listen, this is your chance. Do it smart. Um, because it's, it's like a 60 person tournament. And like I said, at the time, you know, I, I completely forgot that, you know, it was so close to Chicago and naturally all the Chicago stars would be there. Um, and some other great players like Trent. Um, I think Onion Frank was there, if I recall I think correctly. Onion I didn't Frank play was him, there. But like, yeah. Um, but people who who are very strong and consistent battlers. Like I don't I don't mean to downplay anyone in explaining this. It was just before going, I was like, oh, Pocket's gonna be there. Pocket's who I should prepare for. I was scrimming against a team that he was practicing with um, that he ultimately didn't wind up bringing. Um, and I settled on my six, and I, I said, okay. Um, Let's see how it goes. And uh, obviously it went pretty well. Uh, I, I did not ask for a better uh, tournament except for, you know, a few misplays in the grand finals. But if I'm going to make misplays. Might as well make them there. So first off, Ms. Enhoff, I think you mm-hmm. already know the reason why I wanted you on here is because I have not got to praise you <laughs> for your amazing um, 
usage of primate. I know mm-hmm. everybody's praising you for the Tapufini, mm-hmm. but let me tell you something. <laughs> a lot of players didn't play Pokemon because they saw that primate and they're like, oh, I'm going to play this. And you're like, Saga. Yep. Um, the, the best bench presser that I could ask for. Absolutely. Like, and as a primate user too, like now with Noctowl, I'm surprised we didn't get to see what a close combat got to do. I'm surprised that didn't come out. Hot Pocket didn't throw that out on you. Cause uh, that close combat on a Noctowl takes out 91 of its health. And you're just sitting there with just smiles as the bird is done. You just put up one shield and you've now got a primate loaded with health, a night slash for the Trevenant maybe that'll come out, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, so it was I, beautifully so was, done. Yeah. This was before the wing attack buff mm-hmm. and my primate was actually running night slash ice punch. And that Ooh. was for, for two reasons. One is Noctowl. Um, right. My primate could win the one shield against Noctowl straight ice punch, the one shield against Altaria straight ice punch. Um, and that was specific IVs that I needed and then the two shield against uh, Trevenant, straight night slash. So those were the three things I wanted to get. Um, I then used Primate primarily as bench pressure. Uh, and I did, uh, I qualified for Japan with only five Pokemon because I didn't bring Primate until the grand finals. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, uh, no, I mean, I was happy to do that. And then... Uh, you know, obviously the the one hundred percent win rate primate uh, joke and and all that uh, is also present now. Oh no, no, no! Like I don't think you understand the oh no I'm about to say because he just made it so the rest of us can no longer call ourselves primate users because you <laughs> went to a tournament and walked away with a hundred percent win rate. It's That's true. like there's nobody else like Kosiak. Kosiak cannot is a Victini user. No mm-hmm. one else can say they're a Victini user. Uh, Zibergler is yep. a Shadow Mawile user. Like no one with that hard staple out there. Like you have solidified yourself uh, oh, as man. a primate as the primate user. It's true, and especially now that. Uh... <laughs> the wing attack buff happened. I don't know that anyone else is going to qualify with primate. I would love to see it. Obviously, no. um, I would love to see someone qualify with primate, but uh, I don't know that that's coming at this point. And uh, I'm I'm happy to have that. I'm happy to you know also have. Um, I think Kofagrigus. I might be the only person that winds up qualifying with Kofagrigus as well, which. Um, it it's so a really good. fun Pokemon. I'm I'm surprised it's not seen more. Um, but do you I not it. remember my Team Rocket video? I made it like season nine or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like Kofa Noctowl. This is like before Play Pokemon even came out. Like that core right there, just throwing Shadow Balls. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah, and it's it's such a solid like neutral Pokemon. Uh, yeah. If it doesn't get locked on a Noctowl, for instance. I was really, I was really looking into Guzzlord. Or no, was it Guzzlord mm-hmm. that you you played? Some, yeah, you played Guzzlord in Toronto. In yep. Toronto, and I got really mad at you. I, I think I hit you up. I was like, "Great, now you're telling every, showing everybody how Guzzlord works." Damn it! Because Guzzlord to. was looking really good until that wing attack buff. Yep. 
no, it had really interesting play. It's it's one of the hardest walls to Trevenant uh, that's out there. Right, and, and uh, with the Altari, it looked like Altari was going to be the main flyer at that point because it's just so <laughs> thick. Yep, and and having that Dragon Claw was just really nice, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, and I brought it! Don't! <laughs> no! And then everyone was like, don't worry, there's going to be an update. And I was like, oh, all right, I'll bench all my Pokemon then. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Really interesting. I was already registered for Toronto when uh, when Peoria happened. Um, I think I probably registered for Toronto before I registered for Peoria because it was so last second. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so thankful that I did. Um, and, yeah, I, I again, I can't echo enough. Like, I could not have asked for, you know, a better grand finalist. I, I guess I could ask for, you know, a teammate or, or someone like that. But <laughs> uh, Hot Pocket won, you know, again one of those people at that caliber that you could call, um, you know, one of the best in the world. Um, two, just like really, really friendly battles. Like it wasn't like we were chatting the whole time, but we were making jokes back and forth. We were, you know, uh, making light of the situations when, when, you know, you hit a bunch of Moonblast debuffs in a row. Like we you were, could tell. Yeah. It wasn't like he was never, angry with me and i've definitely had the experience in uh go battles in person and and especially now as well with with vgc like Mm -hmm. sometimes you have opponents who are one sore losers and two like you know grumpy winners as well of like um you know being very like over the top and and rubbing it in your face and and pocket was neither um pocket you know very very great kid and uh and I'm very lucky to be a, a friend of his um, and and a, a co-qualifier for Japan uh, with him as well. Yeah, that's um, – and with your teammates as well, Ilkom and yeah. House Stark. Yeah, um, so Ilkom and House Stark and then, and then directly uh, – well, wow. Salt Lake happened, but then <laughs> next after that I went to was Toronto and I got to watch uh, Mason qualify there as well. It was really great. Ah, that tournament was so good, and Mason and Brown Baller did so well when they didn't play against each other. But yep. watching that finals was so hard. It was like, oh, this Umbreon Umbreon magic matchup is just the worst. Yeah, but, but the tournament was so good. They played that so well, and then you didn't go to uh, Arlington. You were like, no, I want to skip this. To you judged. You judged Arlington. Yeah. No, I pretty famously was. Uh, that's right. That's right. Or, there was that situation. Famously. Yeah. So I uh, was, you know, still wanted to go to a bunch of regionals. Um, knew that uh, you could apply to judge for regionals, and knew that um, people had, you know, uh been able to qualify for worlds and then judge because uh king had done it in that first truncated season um and also knew that you know you could make things work if there were um you know uh like plans that you already had to go to a regional like like they they could uh take you on a staff if you you know had people to back you up and i had references which was really nice um and I, I wanted to give back. Like, I, I do think that these regionals and, and what the Pokemon company is doing for the scene 
is remarkable, and, and I want to support that however I can. So um, it was actually like a, a bunch of the things that came up with Arlington and afterwards were things that I had brought up, you know, previously, things like King competing after having qualified, things like, um, and, and this isn't to like throw King under the bus. I think King's great. Um, just like he's the oh. example. And now obviously Stark as well has now uh, judged for Orlando and like, it's, it's what's needed. We need more judges that know the game. Oh, um, girl. I was there when I saw in San Diego mm-hmm. uh, and having, you know, it was C, uh, CCO, King, yep. CCO, Scrap King. and Pete. Like, no, right? And there was, there was a big old hiccup. Uh, no, uh, this was day two. But yeah, Mel was there for day one. Yes, okay. Mel was there for day one. Uh, I don't think I saw her day two. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was a big old, big old. There was a controversy whatsoever. But to have the battlers know there, the game, yeah. To have the battlers as the judges who have seen it over and over. We had just like we had just talked about. They have conditioned themselves ten thousand wins under their mm-hmm. belts. They've seen the play constantly over and over. They know it like they sleep with it. Mm-hmm. so great for the community and i think the community doesn't really understand that as a, um yet and i i appreciated you jumping in and being the judge and participating yeah. in that so um even beyond the like ten thousand battles so on um i i had been being a tournament organizer and manager for years at this point yeah as an admin of girls at pvp so um had a lot of experience had written up uh rule documents on um, you know, replays and, and so on that um, we would suggest to different grassroots circuits and, and so on. So was very happy and, and you know, felt more than qualified and, and still do uh, feel more than qualified. Um, it was an experience having not done an in-person event before. Um, a lot of people who recognized me was very fun, was very complimentary um was very nice um some people who either didn't recognize me or didn't care that i knew my stuff um because obviously you see the ugly side of of quite a few battlers if you have to give a ruling that doesn't go their way um and and there were no shortages of disputes on day one um there Mm -hmm. were no shortage of um phone issues day one so like this is not in any way to put down any battlers that were there it's entirely your right to dispute a match um and we were having we were definitely having phone issues we had to replace a bunch of phones because they wouldn't um you know send battles correctly or or whatever it may be um but there was certainly a, a good deal of um either people not knowing or not caring that i know my shit and i mean to put it bluntly a good deal of um, misogyny around uh, my calls, um, which was not surprising, but still is frustrating. Uh, you know, I, to, to deal with in a, in a professional style environment like that. Sometimes uh, I forget, though, that people aren't as invested into the battler scene as we are. Like mm-hmm. to not know who you are when you make the call like even if you're a woman or whatever like Mm -hmm. to not know who you are and have to know like that it means they've never been around the scene they have no idea what the scene is like 
I just I mean, there, it baffles me. It just baffles me that 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 was the case. That's been a case. Well, you have people who are going to these who are just locals. You have people, and I can speak from experience, getting paired against people who are just you know seeing what it is and having fun. And I do appreciate your words, but also like there are tiers of fame in the Go PvP community, and if someone's just you know. Uh, a player who watches, you know, a, a bigger name like a Zionic or a Caleb or or whatever it may be, they probably have no idea who I am, and that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to be like, oh, I, I get no respect or anything like that because I definitely do, and and you and no, others. And I'm, I'm not so saying kind. that you are saying that. I'm yeah. just saying like I'm surprised. No, like that should not be the case. Like people, especially after Peoria, it was yeah. it was a bit surprising um, because. Yeah, there were definitely people whose reactions to a ruling was basically like, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm qualified for the world championships. Like, not that, you know, that entirely makes every every call perfect, but uh, but I think yeah. I, I know what I'm doing. And, and you're always welcome to appeal it to the, to the head judge. And then um, don't want to get overly into... No, of course A2 not. Because it's, it's gotten a little bit um, personal. There's... There's people who have, um, you know, come at me personally about um, the events of day two, a, a call that I was not the one who made, um, but nonetheless want to, you know, either drag my name or, um, again, I think some of it comes back to um, misogyny because people will have issues with a competitor judging uh, and they didn't have issues with King doing it and they didn't have issues with Stark doing it. Um, mm-hmm. for instance, and it's like, well, they're both men, and they both are more popular, so to speak, in the community, or, or bigger names, so it's like, hmm, were, were these people just picking a fight with me? Um, again, I, I try to just have Arlington behind me, and enough of the community has, you know, seen, and and heard, and and responded, and, and luckily more and more information has come out about Arlington from people um, who have done the research, and I appreciate them. Uh, that it is, you know, something that I don't have to overly jump into, but mm-hmm. um, it was a time, and it certainly was a, a, you know, a few days, a week or so, and uh, it was, you know, it's it's why I'm not judging anymore this season, um, unless they desperately need me. If a, if a regional happens and the organizer reaches out to me, I'll consider it, yeah. um, but... It was, for all intents and purposes, a one and done, which is unfortunate. I would like to do more. I just am not ready for that. I I understand. It's a lot of pressure, and you'd rather focus on your world championship run. Like, you're yeah. trying to do something nice. It ended up not being, you know, ended up being the limit, right? You've done seven mm-hmm. tournaments. You know what? Maybe, maybe you take a break. Maybe you just you focus on some other things, and you – Flip mm-hmm. the script and take a breather from go and jump into that VGC live. Yeah, it's been really fun. No, that's good. Like that's sometimes you need that, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sad to lose you. Happy you didn't come to San Diego. Thank God. Would have hated hated you down in the death matchup down there. Mm-hmm. Um, would have loved to have seen what you had done in Orlando, though. I thought I think uh, I think you would have had some fun because. Things are getting spicier and spicier now, and I want to I want to get a little more into the spicy metas with you, and a little more into that in a little bit. But let us know how your VGC run was in Orlando when you went down. Yeah, so 
Uh, for those unfamiliar with VGC, it is a 10-round Swiss format. Ugh. Uh, that has now been updated to be over the course of two days. But at, Thank uh, God. For, for uh, Orlando, it was 10 rounds in a row. I got into the venue at you know 9 a.m. Or, or it started at 9 a.m. I got into the venue like 8.30. Um, okay. Left the venue at 10.30 p.m. Um, and for... Those curious, uh, Orlando had somewhere in the range of 800 participants for VGC. Um, Holy hell! To earn points towards qualifying, you need to go at least 7-3. and three. To make it to day 2, you need to go at least 8-2. and two. Um, So, I, you know, saw all the go people, like, ending up their day. At that point in time, I was something like 4-2. and two. We were, like, 6 rounds into it. Um... And I was like, do I just drop? And uh, I talked to one of the VGC casters, uh, Joe Brown, who I've gotten to know through trying to help him out with, uh, or, or helping him out with, with Go. Uh, nice. And I said, can I can I drop? And he's like, no, you still could earn points, and you could still make day two. And I said, okay, when I, when I lose four battles, I'm allowed to drop, right? And he was like, yeah, when you lose four, you're allowed to drop. Um, and then I wound up going seven and three. So- Dang! So I didn't get to drop at all. Um, it was really fun. My my first round opponent was not prepared at all. He okay. did not have a full team prepped. Um, so that was interesting. Um, he later got dropped from the tournament by a judge, but I still played out three battles with him. Um, I had no idea who anyone was. So when we, when we talk about Go and you see, like, you know, it's your round two opponent and you look right. up and you look at your feet and you see that your round two opponent is Wadaj. And you're like, oh, oh no. I have to play Wadaj in round two of this tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm already going to the loser's bracket. And you have that panic. I had none of that because I had no idea yeah! who my opponent was. <laughs> I was, I was uh, you know, doing my matches. And then obviously there's some people in the community who do both VGC and Go. So Bopper is a very good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Um He's also involved in Go Stadium and also um, just someone who I've, I've gotten to know in a, a really great way. And so, like, I was messaging him after each round, and I was like, this is how I'm doing. And he was, like, looking at the bracket, and he's like, that person you just beat is, like, a regular, like, top-cut qualifier at regionals. Like, like you just beat someone who's, like, really good at the game. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, Sick. <laughs> I, uh... I uh, got like a crit or something, and I, I happened to win. And like, um, <laughs> this was wow. regularly happening. Once the like the broadcast ended as well. Um, so again, like I mentioned, I've I've coached a few of the VGC players. Um, Necra is involved in that group as well, and she was like commenting on how I was doing, and I'm like, this is surreal. Like, one, I'm effectively a nobody in the VGC scene. Like, I'm talking to people as each round happens, and I'm right. like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm regularly a Go player. I'm already qualified for Worlds, so I'm just trying this out. And uh, that was not the way to talk to a few of them. Uh, a couple people got really upset. A couple people got really upset if I mentioned that I was a Go player and then I beat them. Oh, um, boo freaking who, pal. I, guess but, what? Uh, I guess Pokemon isn't that difficult. We all know the chess matchup. I mean, it was... I, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't prepare no. for it and all that, but... I did just start playing with Scarlet and Violet, so I'm only Ooh. a few months into this, and uh, 
No, but it was really surreal. And, and again, I don't mean to color it as like all my VGC opponents were salty. Most of my opponents were really great. It was only a, a select few who who like, you know, wouldn't sign the slip or stormed off or whatever. And that's like, you know, that's fine. You find those in every gaming community. That's that's yeah. not I, I don't want to make this like a go versus VGC. No, event. no, no, no. Um but no, it was also just really interesting to be like, again, a relative nobody in the scene. But I have Joe Brown, you know, giving me advice. I have Necro being like, whoa, you're like, you're, you're like, uh, you know, at one point, uh, six and three or, or you know, like I, I'm doing well. And I, you know, attributing it to, you know, uh, beginner's luck. And um, it was just really, really cool. Um, entirely, you know, custom team. Like I, I wasn't uh you know stealing from anyone or not stealing but like it wasn't like i rented someone's team and then like built it it was entirely copy pasting yeah it was entirely like oh this is a team that makes sense it's it's got some synergies on it um torkoal works really well with these certain pokemon um and then to see it succeed was great um and and yeah so now i'm at 40 points out of uh, uh, 300 that you need to qualify for worlds in vgc um so if i go to a bunch more tournaments and do similarly um i'm actually in a decent position for for that competition as well wow so i are you <laughs> then um i mean if i are you, first off, are you even going to be able to, right? Like, first no, off, it'd be great if you got to Worlds uh, Japan with VGC as well. So, the double qualify is something that's existed in Pokemon already. Okay. Um, I believe Trejan Park is the one that people usually talk about, um, having qualified with, I, I believe it's both VGC and TCG, but I don't know the story super well. Um, but no one's done it with Go yet. But no one's done you it with have- Go yet. No, I don't think anyone has, but I might be wrong on that. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, someone from, like, uh, Korea or, or Japan or, like, you know, an area oh, yeah. that we're, we're less familiar mm. with in, like, That's our true. coverage of events um, qualified with, with both Go and another. But um, That'd be cool. No, you cannot do both. It is entirely for clout. But oh, okay. I have nothing else to do with these tournaments. Um, <laughs> like and... I think it's really cool to learn a new game. I've really enjoyed learning VGC. Yeah. Um, and then it's nice, you know, again, vast majority of VGC people have been super nice. It is nice to, like, give a little bit of an ego jab to the people who do have, like, a superiority complex over it. Uh, good. Um, good. That's yeah. all I care about. Like, people who think they're superior, I'm not saying, like, go superior than VGC or VGC oh, should no. be superior. But, I like, don't if really- you- we have it the other way around we're playing pokemon for goodness sakes it's like the best game ever why are we arguing with each other there's more ways to play this game absolutely let's do it Mm -hmm. no i completely agree and and that's been you know just really delightful to see you know to succeed at least you know so far knock on wood we'll see how knoxville and beyond goes but um so so there are more competitions your way so you are going to knoxville are you yep, going to? Uh... I'm eyeing up Vancouver. Okay, but I'm confirmed for Knoxville, uh, Charlotte, uh, Milwaukee. Obviously, Hartford is right in my backyard. Right. Um, and then NAIC. At this current point in time, I'd like to go to NAIC strictly as a spectator, as a manager for the team, um, because 
we we'd like to have you know as as much of uh, Stadium Elite there as possible, right? Um, just because it's nice to see you know everyone at one event. But uh, if I am close to qualifying for VGC at that point, I might compete in VGC at NAIC just to get the double qualify, girl. Um, but we'll have to say, girl, do you sleep? <laughs> How do you hunt these things? How do you have time to hunt every Pokemon? All these community uh, days and all that stuff. It's a lot. It is uh, certainly a uh, certainly a time, certainly a grind. Um, I joke a lot with with quite a few of my friends that I basically um, have two things that I do in life. I have my job, and then everything else is Pokemon, uh, wow. which is good and bad. Um, I definitely over-index into it at times, but... I find it really rewarding and I really love, you know, the people I've met through this people, um, you know, throughout both the go and VGC communities, obviously, um, limited in that community, but people like, you know, Necra, people like Gabby, mm-hmm. who I am very blessed to have as a local and, and, uh, Chalky as well. Uh, Gabby's partner, um, really, really great people. And, and I'm really blessed to, to get to know them. Wonderful. That sounds like a great journey you've had so far, Miss Enhoff. It it has been, and and you know it's only up from here. I'm so excited for Yokohama. I'm so excited for you know what the future holds um, in terms of you know this this game for for Go, um, this you know competitive scene for Go and VGC, and I'm sure I'll I'll try my hand at TCG eventually as well, and. Um, it just seems like, you know, we hear things like Orlando was the largest regional tournament ever, larger than the NAIC's last year, larger than Worlds last year as well, if I understand it properly. And it's yeah. like, this competitive circuit is just continuing to grow and gain traction. And, you know, it'll never, well, we'll see, but, you know, the I say it'll never be something like, you know, League of Legends or Counter-Strike, where it's like this massive eSport phenomena, um, because Pokemon's generally a more casual game, but seeing it grow and, and seeing, you know, it remain intact, at least so far, with this community aspect in Go has just been, you know, so delightful. Who knows? Maybe we can get Indigo League happening for everybody and have an eSports situation like that again. Pop that up for everybody. But it yeah, is... it's, I think grassroots is, you know, Sylph is existing and, and still, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, strong uh, thing to, to focus on, especially with factions as well. But the grassroots circuit, um, when we look at things like um, VGC, um, with, you know, tournaments uh, throughout being held regularly through things like Victory Road, through things like Hatterene Series, I think where we're at and go... The, the sky's really the limit. I think yeah. that, you know, so long as Niantic, you know, uh, behaves in terms of uh, keeping the game working, uh, there's so much passion in this community mm-hmm. and there's just so much potential uh, from the game and from the competitive side of it. There is. And please behave, Niantic. Please, we don't. <laughs> We've literally invested so much. You guys have asked us to do so much, and we do. Please behave. Miss Enhoff, what is your favorite meta? What is my favorite meta? Um, it's hard to... It's hard to... Uh, 
not say Sinister Cup. <laughs> because that was, you know, my first introduction to PvP. I think a lot of people would like to return to that Sinister Cup. That point in time, obviously, there's been nerfs and buffs to multiple Pokemon in the meta since then. Yeah. Um, but, like, Sinister Cup just felt really good. Also, obviously, Toxic Cup, my first big tournament uh, tournament win. It's It's hard to beat. In terms of GBL, like, I'm very partial to Love Cup, which we have right now. Uh, just because there's a lot of these bulky generalists like Lickitung, Metacham. I know so many people are sick of Lickitung and Metacham, but like these Pokemon that you can kind of, uh, you know, choose to take energy or shield advantage. Um, but no, I would probably say Sinister Cup. It's it's hard to beat your first. Like the the love of PvP, like getting that first glimpse of succeeding, getting that first glimpse of like this is what a limited meta looks like. Um, and I know again, it's it's hindsight is twenty or this this like rose tinted glasses, um, looking back on on nostalgia. But um, I, I really love the meta, and I I think that there's been multiple amazing metas since then, um, including open Great Leagues variations over time. But it's it's hard to beat like that first feeling. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a good one. And it might Sinister Cup was a good one too. Like not for nothing. Like Alola Marowak was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a fun one. Everybody was super hyped about it. Um, that's a lovely one. Are you a show six pick three or a blind three player? I play both, but my my best performance will always be in show six pick three. Um I've done really well in GBL over the years of it at this point. Um, back in like season two, I, I hit top 10 on the leaderboard. Um, that was back in the Azumarill Registeel Altaria days. Ugh. And I was running uh, Skarmory. I was running Lantern, Skarmory, and Sunny Cherim. Pre, uh, pre-surf Lantern, everybody. Yes. Way back when. Um, because it beat Registeel and, and Azumarill. And then Sunny Cherim also beat Registeel and Azumarill. And then Skarmory beat, like, Azumarill and Altaria. Like, it was a time. Um, and, and then, obviously, I've had success in GBL. I've, I've hit the boards multiple times since then. It's yeah. definitely not a priority for me at this point. Um, both because, like, I've already proven myself in that kind of aspect. And then also just because, like, the queue time aspect. If I'm going to be streaming, I don't really like going Waiting. super high in yeah. my MMR. But, uh... But show six pick three. I mean, obviously, uh, got me a, an invite to Japan. Got me, uh, you know, some prize money as well, and and is is just what I enjoy uh, playing first and foremost. Nice. As now, you are a leader in two very strong communities there, and um, when battlers go and look up to you. What do you want them to think when they come and watch you? What do you want them to think about? Or what do you want them to to think? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I want um, women and and to further trans women as well. um, And 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 other, you know, trans people and queer folk um, to be able to look up to me as as representation. And that's always been. Um, you know, a source of pressure for sure, being, um, one of, 
you know, a limited group of women who are taking up residency at these top levels of competition, whether it's um, doing well in GBL, whether it's doing well at regionals, um, community formats like ADL, Aero Draft League, um, these these kinds of top-level competitions, it isn't um, something that uh, women in the community have a large footprint in, and it's because the game is so predominantly uh, played by men. And being able to be that representation in these uh, competitions is first and foremost what has been my driving like force to do better. It's it's something that caused me a great deal of stress um, when I have to you know perform on stage, for instance, at regionals. But additionally, has been a huge source of pride knowing that I'm I'm able to do this and, and give back to the community. Um, for me personally, like I like people knowing that I'm someone that they can root for that that tries to embody you know, good values, tries to embody um, a positive community presence uh, that wants to give back every time that I succeed, that I, uh, you know, take that and and try to teach people, that I I take that and, um, you know, present myself uh, representing, you know, a positive force in the community that um, I can be as much as possible um, you know, a hero instead of a villain, so to speak. I don't ever want to be a heel to the community. I know that there are battlers who thrive on that. You have the uh, Quinbys of the world. Uh, <laughs> what a to, name to give a big drop. Throwback. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you have a big, a big throwback. You have your oh. Quinbys of the world who thrive in that, like, being a heel. But, uh... <laughs> wow. But, uh, no, I, I just want to, and 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 to to bring it back as well with representation, like I want to grow this scene as much as I can. I know uh, you know it's cliche at this point from Go Stadium to say build the community, but it is the the motto. It is the slogan: build the community. I want to see this community grow, and I want to see this game and this scene flourish. And if I can be someone that's looked up to as a healthy contributor to that, that's at the end of the day. Um, you know, all I could hope for. Nice. It's been wonderful. I don't understand where anybody has had any hostility. You've been nothing but a great, Mm -hmm. um, great leader to the community, like as the analyst and everything like that uh, from go stadium and the manager of elite, you know, stadium elite, like Mm -hmm. how you've done nothing but keep that up. So I really appreciate you for all that you do. And uh, what you do for the community for now, for Go and for VGC out there. So I wish you the best of luck in Japan, my friend. It's going to be really tough. You definitely, definitely have a lineup to fight against. Who? Now, I'm <laughs> not saying anybody's the worst or anything like that. Yeah. Who are you? Who is the person you don't want to get paired with first? Um, so. My easiest response to that is Pocket, but I can't say Pocket because it would be really funny if we did get paired in the first round. So I think it would be Stark. Um, okay. There's multiple reasons for that. One, uh, one of the toughest competitors that I could face in the World Championships to begin with. Two, uh, you know, a teammate. Um, three, that whole like longevity of of local um, <laughs> rival slash like. Uh, person right. I look up to, like 
there's there's multiple layers there and uh I would I would really hate you know you look at the bracket and and pockets obviously up there as well but like pocket I look at the bracket and I'm just like you know like post it to some discords or on Twitter and it's like oh what a funny coincidence uh but but with Stark I would just be like you know rolling over like just please I anyone else Heard it, um, folks. Y'all heard it here. And Hoff is gonna put a whooping down on Bosox guy. She's gonna oh, yeah. beat him so bad. There's gonna be another hundred year curse. Please help me, uh, help me pair against Bosox guy. That would be fun as well because I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to knock him out, and he wouldn't. I wouldn't want him to knock me out either. But uh, but as the first round, you know, right? Good friends, good yeah. friends, and all. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to pair against him. I wouldn't want to pair against Elam. Uh. Bird power, you know, from a perspective of, you know, two women pairing in the first round, I wouldn't want to pair either. Mm. Also a good friend. So, I mean, my my options are pretty limited in who I would want to face. I would want probably at this point, like, someone who I don't really know super well from, like, the EU circuit or the LATAM circuit. Not that they're not great people, but, like, if I don't know you super well, then maybe, like, there's there's less of a of a worry of either knocking you out or on the alternative, like um, if I get knocked down, like maybe, maybe I'm, I'm playing some other people that I don't know as well. Um, Cause yeah, there's obviously any teammate, any good friend, any, yeah. uh, you know, any of that, it, it all sucks. And we'll see, it'll be, it'll be really fun regardless. I have done you know, there's not a ton of difference between world's qualifier and world's competitor in so much as like, you know, day two would be really hype. You got to get through day one first and we'll get see how I do. Yeah. I mean, every I would not want to be paired against any single one of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I felt good about myself, I'd be like, oh, please don't pair me against Tomahawk UK or mm-hmm. <laughs> Gabriel Yoham. Yeah, like... That's the thing about worlds. That's yeah, the thing it's, about it's, worlds. Everyone's so good. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what the stage holds for you there and in your future as well as a community leader um, and, and as an analyst here throughout the entire Pokemon Go community. I really appreciate you coming by through the executive edition this week and hanging out with me and giving us your journey run, Miss Enhoff. Of course. Of course. It was a blast. It really was and we all learned a lot about your journey here and the the i mean not really i would say challenge but you really just were like yeah i jumped on admin and then just started whooping everybody and go and then i'm on god tier and then i jumped into go you know i it was tough in you know naic i did a couple more tournaments but then i got you know my world punched in and then i joined vgc and i did some battles and then i got my punch in and i started a stream and one month later i'm on indigo league like you you made you've got you've done so well just been so good with the community it's just been a wonderful journey here to and to hear like how it played out thank you for sharing with us here at the executive edition of course of course i am very blessed with my successes and uh yeah, they have been uh, numerous, and and I'm so thankful for that, and and everyone who's been involved with them, because you know every single one of these steps is uh, taken multiple people. None of it has been just myself, and and I'm really appreciative for that. Awesome. Well, you have a great support system. You're a wonderful battler. Oh, I'm. So, how could I? 
how could I not ask this question <laughs> before we leave? If you could have a Pokemon buddy walk around with you, who is it? Sandro. It's Sandro. Sandro all the time. All right. Yes. If, okay. Then my next my next question <laughs> is: If you could have any Pokemon be active in battling, right? So, like, you can just literally, out of all 850, battle with one Pokemon. Who would you battle with? I think for that one, it has to be Feeny, Tapu Feeny. Feeny? Okay, so you got your dream come true. You got to do your dream come true, get a good job on a championship, and punch your ticket to world with your favorite battling Pokemon. Yeah, 100%. Not only that, but, like, every single battle for, for myself against Pocket, I think that was 20 battles or no, 15 battles. There's the winner's finals and then the two grand finals. I brought Tapu Fini every single battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, could not have could not have asked for a better Pokemon to battle with. I, I love uh, Tapu Fini as a Pokemon in, in PvP. Um, I think that just remarkable um, play style, remarkable typing, obviously. And uh, to to have myself, despite others succeeding with Tapu Fini, but having myself as um, claimed by by people to be like the best Tapu Fini player or the Tapu Fini master, like one, I'm not going to get a big head about that. But two, it's it's such an honor. You can um, absolutely get a big head about that. You've punched your ticket into worlds with that. Tell me which other one of these world champions punched their ticket, right? Like well, there are there's there's been a few people who have qualified with it. On um, who's there qual- were some people who. Who brought it to, to Worlds? I want to say at uh, Bilbao, the first regional. Oh, oh. Uh, someone uh, basics, basics or Vani? I want to say basics did, but uh, okay. It's been a while. I'm not keeping super up to date on yeah, all that. It's been a minute. But, uh, but well, that's uh, the pokey news. It'll uh, tell you others, if they had them. Others have. I don't think anyone else has used it as like extensively in their qualification as I have, especially with the you know the moon blast debuff stuff. But wonderful. No, I, I'm so happy that, you know, Tapu Fini was on my team. If I ever find out you're at a play Pokemon with me and you're not VGCing and you're playing in Go, I'm bringing Vileplume. My Shadow yeah. Vileplume will play as bench pressure, mm-hmm. but if we ever get paired with it, I will, I'm will. i bringing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> speaking of Love Cup, try Shadow Vileplume for five <laughs> seconds. Uh well, Miss Enhoff, again, thank you for joining me today on Executive Edition. I uh, really appreciate you for all that you do for the community. Please keep your positive community leadership in the Pokemon Go community. We don't want to share you with the VGC. <laughs> we'll have to if we got yeah. to, but we don't want to, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a battler as well, from the core metas that you came out with earlier in those seasons. Thank you. Loved them. They were super helpful. So thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you down this journey. Um, That will do it for us here for Executive Edition. I am SosaFlow, and like always, enjoy your battles. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.